When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on the Learning Unlocked podcast. I've got two great guests executives at Open Sesame who are joining me for this edition. Uh, Abby Miles, the Senior Director of People, and Matt Bradley, the Senior Learning and Development Advisor. They've both got great webinars coming up on the Open Sesame platform. Uh, Matt is going to be doing one on Thursday, March 10th at noon Eastern time. It's called Creating Career Paths to Drive Employee Retention. And Abby's got one coming up on March 15th at noon Eastern time unifying a remote workforce. Abby and Matt, welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks, Brian, happy to be here. So let's start off uh, with Abby. Abby, you have been at Open Sesame for a long time. Didn't you start as an intern? Oh, not an intern, luckily, but yeah, I'm going on nine years and started back in the e-learning space many, many years ago, early on. So let's start there. How has the e-learning space evolved in the last nine or 10 years? Sure. Um, it's evolved in a lot of ways. I think it's evolved from people's expectations. I think just standards of how we operate and people are used to Netflix and people are used to, you know, early, early days we had to talk about content aggregation and marketplace and what does that even mean? And I think people understand that now and people also understand that you can buy stuff off the shelf and that you don't have to create everything from scratch and trying just to work smarter in that space versus creating creating everything one-off. So that's been really good. And obviously remote, we can talk about going remote. That has evolved things really rapidly in the last couple of years with the pandemic and um, more and more people no longer willing or needing or able to travel to fly people in for training, to fly trainers around the world or be in person, that's kind of pushed the necessity of being online even even quicker, kind of sped things up a little bit. Have you seen that just, you know, go into hyperdrive in the last two years since the pandemic started? Yeah, yeah, I think it did. I think it pushed a lot of the folks that were kind of holding on. We had a lot, obviously, we had a lot of customers and a lot of forward-thinking companies that have been doing e-learning and online training for years and years and years. But some of those reluctant movers or slower to move industries were kind of had their hand forced a little bit more in the last couple of years, which has been been interesting and I think productive. Before we get to Matt, I don't know that I've ever heard of a title, the director of people. Mm. You know, we hear about human resources. We, like, you know, there's a lot of old school titles. How did you come mm. up and Open Sesame come up with the director of people? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I enjoy the title. It's 
the intent is really to put people first. Um, it's not just a resource that is a human. It is not just HR. Um, HR gets a bad rap in a lot of cases. And we are trying to pivot that a little bit and really put put our people first and put our value of caring about people ahead of ahead of the rest. And so it kind of keeps us focused, focused on who we're here to serve and and support. Matt, let's bring you into the conversation. What are some of the things that you've observed over the last decade as far as, uh, you know, developments and, and learning and development? I think one of the biggest changes is moving past just checking the box and really focusing on what's going to help employees grow, what's going to target the skills that they need to grow in their career. And as well as focusing on things besides skills, um, I think having uh, having a focus on on the human side of things is important as well. Doing stuff like psychological safety, emotional well being, um, and helping people be productive in any way that we can. How do you di- let's dig into that for a minute? How do you do some of those things that you just described? If I'm a company and I'm listening to this, and I want to implement that in my company, give me some of the tactics that you're using. Yeah, so um, one of the ways that we do that is uh, we implemented shortly after the pandemic started, we implemented um, <clears throat> weekly training courses and releasing weekly courses allowed us to, number one, help our learners um, kind of reestablish the the habit of going into the LMS and completing their training. Um, but it also allowed us to deliver training based on what was going on in the world. So, um, you know, early pandemic, we we're focused on managing stress, health and safety and and obviously, the, uh, the transition to remote work was a big focus for us as well. One of your big missions is employee development and retention. How can companies best do that? Because there's a lot of movement in the workforce these days. It's like, oh, you know, this company takes better care of its employees or they offer this or that over here. And, and there's a lot of movement in the workforce right now. Yeah, I think like Abby said, one of the best ways we can do that is by demonstrating to the to our employees that we care about them and can provide opportunities for them to grow the way that they want to grow, whether that's through career pathing or um, having coaching conversations with managers and really just understanding fundamentally what they want to accomplish and what they want to do with their career. So with managers, a lot of times they're so, you know, dug into their own day to day work. They don't have the chance to coach as well and develop and listen. What are some of the best ways to do that? I think one of them is is having the having growth conversations outside of just yearly performance reviews. I think it has to be part of an informal conversation that that is a topic during one-on-ones. Yes, we have to look at metrics, but we also have to focus on how that employee wants to grow and use the employee to help identify what types of skills we can give them to get them to the next level, whatever that next level might be for them. Abby, it's even harder to have these types of conversations when it's remote. You know, you used to be able to sit in someone's office and look them face to face and read the body language. And, you know, now we're doing it like we're doing this conversation. It's virtual. What advice do you have for employers out there who are having to have these conversations, but do it in a little bit of a, you know, removed type of scenario? Yeah, well, we've become experts at Zoom. I think everybody's Zoom etiquette has gotten better, um, better or worse, maybe depending upon the time. But for those types of critical conversations, it's still how can we have our cameras on? How can we look each other in the eye? How can we still have conversations that I think we got so productive and efficient in the pandemic times of like, 
okay, meeting, meeting, meeting. And we lost a lot of that um, softer convert, you know, like walking down the hall with somebody or grabbing coffee or going out to lunch. We lost a lot of that. So one thing that we really emphasize, we do one-on-ones mostly throughout the company. Every manager is meeting with their employees weekly, um, sometimes every other week in some situations, but making time and space for the people and for the convert, how, what's going on, what's, what's happening in your life. Like really having to be intentional to carve out space for that. What's, what's working, what's not working, not just give me status updates on your projects or, you know, metrics that the company runs off of, but like what's happening in your life? How are you doing? I think early pandemic kind of broke down a lot of the barriers of like, mm-hmm. hey, we're talking about mental health. This is a thing that we haven't talked about a ton. Um, we're talking about family and safety. And so just remembering that there's still people behind your computer screen, even though you don't see them, maybe day to day walking around the office has been a shift. And I think that it's an important one, but I think that hopeful that we've gotten effective with it. And then we've also just done a lot, try to like be intentional about informal stuff, fun stuff at the office, fun Zoom or not at the office. <laughs> online, but via Zoom meetings, via team meetings, we just take time to like, how's everybody doing? What's everybody's favorite, you know, Thanksgiving meal that you're making? Like just talking about some of that stuff outside of the work um, and making making a, making it a priority as much as the work. And then we've also just recently shifted as a company towards face-to-face events and getting people in person where we can do so safely and possibly, um, but just recognizing the value and the human element of seeing someone face to face. And our priorities for those events are not meetings and productivity. It is team building and culture and getting to know people beyond the screen and the spreadsheets and the emails that you're engaging. And really, we plan to continue that. Um, We've had great success, early success with that, of just the feeling and emotion and ties that it brings within teammates and connectivity and belonging in the workforce. So I think we'll we'll continue that going forward as as we continue to evolve as a remote company. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. So I think you both were there, but I was at the 10th anniversary in Arizona. And it was so cool because first of all, a lot of people had never met in person before. They'd only known each other. So it was like, you're, you're meeting this person in the flesh for the first time. The other thing I loved is from karaoke, to uh, horseback riding, to golf, to, you know, eating outside. It was exactly what you just said, Abby. It was team building. It wasn't like, okay, how are we going to come together and strategize around this, that, or the other? It was really just getting to know your fellow human beings and 
uh, seeing them again for the first time in, in the flesh. Yeah, it was powerful. We were both there. Um, Matt and I had the luxury of working in the office together prior prior to COVID, but over half of my team I had never met in person. I hired an onboarded remote, um, so it was the first time that I got to like hug them or see that see how tall they were, like weird things like that that you just took for granted. So it was really it was really powerful, and I think half of the people that attended across Open Sesame overall had never been in person or had never met a teammate in person. So it was pretty, it was pretty special and powerful. And just the energy um, of it was, was, could be felt. Um, and I think the buzz afterwards of people just, Hey, now I know you, or I met you, or I sat and had a meal with you was really valuable. And I don't think that that's quantifiable in a business metric in the same way, but it's almost just as important. Matt, I've always found that once you meet someone in person, it really changes the dynamic. What were your takeaways from the meetup in Arizona and just having that that in-person dynamic? Yeah, I mean, I would just echo a lot of what Abby said. I think one of the things for me was that I don't think I realized how much I was actually craving that socialization. Uh, I mean, for a lot of people, it was the first time I had a conversation not related to work with them. It was a lot. It, it was very nice to be able to establish a little bit more of a connection. And it made it, it makes it more comfortable when you're reaching out afterwards, when you have a memory that you can re recollect on that you were in there in person to experience and getting to know people's personalities outside of work, uh, understanding, understanding what, what they're going through and, and talking about, you know, the, the, any, everything beyond just a project, right? Definitely. What do you think? So I think as I understand it, Open Sesame is going to do like two or three of these in-person meetups every year. And then everything else is going to be remote. For companies that are out there, what's your advice to them on managing that hybrid world of getting people together in person so they can do what you guys describe versus, okay, we need to do this remote? I think it's, well, it depends on your company and your culture, but for us, it's it's a it's an expense. It's a heavy expense. I don't know how it even compares to running an office, probably some sort of trade off. But the value add is, I think, again, hard to quantify, but I think felt in the belonging and the inclusion within your people to have people have relationships and real connections and community. I think that that honestly, the great resignation and all these things that we've heard about over the last couple of years and we've seen it even in some trends in our exit interviews, people that started in a company that have never face-to-face -face met somebody and don't have friendships or relationships or trust built in that way, it's easy to walk away from a job that you've just been on a few Zoom meetings or that you maybe see people a few hours a week. So I'm hoping to combat some of that turnover to really have people feel like they're connected, even when you're working out of your you know, dining room or your home office most days of the week or a large portion of the year. And I think that that cadence of a few times a year is like enough. It's kind of like vacation where you've like, okay, we're, we're riding on the high from the January event and the next event's just a few months around the corner and kind of keeping up that momentum versus, you know, waiting a year, you know, through COVID two years, right. since some of our people had met people or people had started two years ago, people I've been working with that I met in Arizona and it was just, you could feel it again. Yeah. Matt, I know part of what you're going to be addressing in your webinar is the great resignation. And 
there are some people out there that may not know what the great resignation is. So maybe you can explain it a little bit, but um, it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to go away anytime soon. It seems like there's been this reset in the last two years that this is a thing that's going to be around for a while. Yeah, um, I've heard it called the big quit too, which uh, I thought was an interesting take on it. But um, essentially, you know, I think a, a few of the things contributing to that is the acceptance of hybrid work now has now has removed the limitation of geography for finding candidates and for candidates finding potential employers, which like Abby said, which means it's a little bit easier now for people to walk away from a role if they're not in a physical office. It might be easier for them to join another company because they're going to be remote. I don't think it's going to be going away. I think we're we're at a point now where a lot of companies are trying to identify what or how their processes are going to change to account for this. And it's going to be unique from company to company. You know, there's there's companies like Google and Apple who've got some stuff figured out, but that's not going to be a one size fit all solution or it's going to have to be individual and it's going to take time to figure it out. It's going to take time to identify the ways that L&D can implement different processes and trainings to make sure that roles are or that people know where they can go and where they can grow within their career um, and having a path to do that is is one of the keys to combating it and people i mean study after study shows that people leave where they don't feel valued and where they don't see future opportunity and so having tra- training programs in general having a company that's investing in you and investing in your future and being able to see one or two or three career career steps ahead is an opportunity that you want every person to know and be able to envision themselves. And if people can't see that and the path isn't laid out for them, then what are they sticking around for when there's lots of other companies that are offering that? More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers publishers like TED and Harvard, and having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. This is to either one of you. Do you think this is the new normal. Like, are we here to stay in kind of the hybrid workforce? Because I'm talking to more and more people and they poke their head out a little bit and they go to an event like the one you went to in Arizona and they're like, okay, I'm really craving the in-person again now. And if I can't be with people in person, maybe I don't want to work for that company. So how do you work around that? Yeah, I think it has to be the new normal. I don't know how it's not anymore, um, especially for companies like, I mean, we're a tech company. We can do it. We can be, we've proven that we can be as productive remote as we were in the office. So I don't know how you can force people back. And especially when people have opportunities to go remote if they want to, and if they choose to, obviously not every industry or organization has that luxury based on your business, but I see it being the future. And I think we've, we've done studies and surveys of our employees and people care about the social part. They want that, but they don't want to go back to the, to the office to get that five or 10% of their time for the social. So that's where we're like, how can we consolidate that and bottle that up and make it really fun versus like trickle in effect on a daily basis at the coffee pot or the water cooler. Um, So how can we harness that and really 
make it meaningful connection and make it really fun versus like having an office to try to get that or having to force people into the office to get that. Matt, I've talked to people who are being recruited for jobs and they see it as a bonus if they can work remote because they have more flexibility. They don't have to commute. Um, it's just a lot simpler to dive into your day than it is. I got to get in the car. I got to find parking. I, you know, there's all these other things that go with it. Do you see that as a bonus where it's just easier now for people to work from home? They're closer to their families. You know, when the day is done, you can make dinner because you're right near your kitchen and like, it's just easier to get into it with the kids and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I definitely do think it's a bonus. And like Abby said, you know, when, when you, and even just from people I've talked to in the surveys we've done internally, you're always going to get a little bit of a mix now of people who prefer remote or people who prefer being in the office. Um, from what I've seen, it tends to be leaning a little bit more towards remote for like what you said, for the benefits, you know, you get to be close to your family. Uh, I've got three dogs. I love being around every day now and not having to leave. I do not miss com commuting. Um, but prior to the pandemic, remote work wasn't something that most people were exposed to, right? This is a new thing that a lot of people are experiencing and had to learn how to be productive while doing it. And now that flexibility has become um, part of that part of that work day or part of their day. Like you said, being able to end my day and go start dinner right away and not have to worry about oh, what's traffic going to look like. I, I can imagine this being what the new normal is going to be, at least for a section of the population who, who want to stay remote. Just a few more minutes, Abby. Again, for remote workers, if I'm trying to enrich the culture, give me some tangible examples of like you mentioned earlier, you know, weekly kind of just human interest conversations beyond the, okay, we're getting into a strategic meeting type of thing. What can companies do to enrich the culture with, with their employees? Sure. I'll just give you some real, real examples that we're yeah. living every day. Um, and we'll get into this more in my webinar, like leading remotely, but um, we do informal things. So we've got daily meditation every morning where people can open, invite, fully optional, jump on and do a, a led, group led meditation every morning, afternoon yoga, stretch breaks. Again, we're sitting in an office, potentially sitting at your desk all day, not even having to get up to walk to the kitchen, basically. Um, so we have things like that that are happening. We are doing, we, we've always done new hire presentations. So again, there's a lot less cross-pollination happening across teams. I see my team almost every day. We're talking all the time, but I may not have ever seen that new hire that started in accounting or in marketing six months ago. So we do full company new hire presentations where new hires in the first 60 to 90 days present to the company about themselves and it's more personal. Um, it's a little bit about their job, but like, where do they come from? What's their journey to open Sesame? What do they bring? What's their unique perspective? And so that's been a really fun way just to get exposure to new people throughout the business, but also for new people just to, to make connections. And there's always fun things that come up like, oh, you play that video game. I play that video game. And so it just allows for ways for people to connect outside, again, outside of the workforce. Um, a tool that we implemented that has been awesome is called Donut. It's a Slack plugin and it randomly pairs people every two weeks with somebody outside of your team. So it just does a random selection from everybody that's opted in. And then you do like a Zoom coffee or like go grab a donut together um, is the theory. But you just jump on a Zoom and you have an informal 15 to 30 minute conversation with somebody that your path 
likely would never have crossed with just in the day-to-day function. So that's some of my most favorite meetings because I don't have any responsibilities. I'm not going to get any action items out of it. I don't have to, you know, prepare for it, but you just get to get on and have a conversation and get to know somebody that maybe, you know, every time I'm like, wait, where are you? What time zone are you in? What, you know, what food do you like to eat? Have you ever been to my city? Things like that, which is really a fun way to get to know people. All right. Well, I so appreciate you guys taking the time to join me on the Learning Unlocked podcast. Abby Miles, the Senior Director of People, Matt Bradley, the Senior Learning and Development Advisor. Again, a reminder, webinars coming up, Creating Career Paths to Drive Employee Retention with Matt on Thursday, March 10th at noon Eastern, and then Unifying a Remote Workforce. That's a webinar with Abby on March 15th at noon Eastern. I'm fortunate enough to be moderating both conversations. So I get to talk to Abby and Matt again. Thanks so much again for joining me on the Learning Unlocked podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.